0: Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.
1: Man, I love this. This is Wednesday night, man. This is, this is, this is so good. Woof, woof. Uh oh, where are my notes? It would help if I had notes, Kevin. You might have the only copy <laughs> I have. There they are. Got them. Let's get a couple of testimonies real quick. First, I want to get Nila's. Nyla came here from Canada, and this doesn't have anything to do with this, but I still want her to have this testimony because it talks about what Joe was talking about. And I, I saw her pray for the very first time. Remember that? You stomped your foot on the floor. And, <laughs> and there's something was in me was like, man, this girl, she's, she's got it going on. She knows the Lord. She's full of the Holy Spirit. And I asked her, I said, you know, have you ever been, have you ever prayed in the Spirit? She said, no. And what happened? Remember?
0: Well, this is almost seven years ago, so i have to say <laughs> It has been seven <laughs> years
1: ago, but I've, I've got a more recent one coming right after you. So I just wanted to get yours, because we're talking about the Spirit breaking out. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, at that time, um, Monday night prayer was a staff prayer meeting. Yeah. And they prayed for me. And and there was this one song (laughs) every time Anna would sing it. (laughs) It was the only time that I would, you know, get my prayer language. And so that's what happened for the first little while. But I think I just allowed the Spirit to... I just open my mouth and let him fill it, you know.
1: And you begin to use your prayer language. Yeah, and and that's such an important aspect of the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just, a- especially with Monday night prayer. Yes. You know, it's it's amazing. Take that to Abba. Is Abba here? Oh. I see his wife. He he you can't do that. Go find him. Nope. He, no, no, don't don't do that. He's probably in the men's room. Oh. We, we, <laughs> we don't. We don't want to do that. Who has a testimony of how heaven has come down when you, when you made a proclamation and you said that my flesh is dead, 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 and I'm alive to God? Who's got a testimony about what God did? Michael's got one right down here. First, if you've got one, we want to hear it.
2: And you know, I had this in worship with with Joe, and I just. I think sometimes we we weep over our condition that we see ourselves in, but it's like I think the Lord's saying, it's more step into it. The time for weeping over your condition's over. It's step into it, because the message that Pastor Alex preached Sunday was every one and every one of us. There's places of all four souls, and it's good soil. There's hard soil. There's all these things, and there was just some stuff that I just recognized within the last month or so of just things where it was like I was just choosing something different than the Lord actively, and um, and I knew better. And it would, you would, you, oh, I just hate that. I'd, oh, God, I'm going to get this. And it was like the Lord was saying, stop. Just do what I've told you to do. Stop. I don't want you to cry about it. I don't want you to weep about it. I don't want you to feel bad about it. I want you to just do it. And it was like when you just step into it, it's almost as if you've literally just stepped up under this, up under grace. And now heaven can pour out on you. And it's like there's these, it's an open heaven. And it's like I think the Lord's just saying to us, stop resisting. Stop even just being sorrowful of your condition. Step into what he's told you to do, and heaven will pour out on you.
1: Now you're obviously a man of God for quite some time, my friend. <laughs> but you got you were filled with the Holy Spirit when you got here. But you got a prayer language back there one day, right? Can you tell them about that? How how'd that happen? <laughs> Amen. Amen.
0: You know, the Lord has been dealing with me and uh, with something because you know, God has blessed me since, since 2002, that he has blessed me that every year I read through the Bible. And uh, <coughs> this year, every time I open the Word, it's completely new. New revelation, everything. And what the Lord has put in me is just about Caleb. And, of course, that ties in with what Pastor has been preaching about carrying the kingdom. Caleb had the promise to be in the promised land because he had a different spirit. Mm -hmm. And we had a different spirit because he trusted God with his whole heart. So everywhere, everywhere I turned to, he said, I should trust him wholly and that's what the dif- that is the difference between a kingdom career and a non-kingdom career because there are two th- you cannot be you cannot be lukewarm you either carry the kingdom or you don't carry the kingdom mm-hmm. right. so about what pastor had asked me to say <laughs> this, I just want to share <laughs> oh uh, hallelujah I want to share that that's first good. because I can see that it is not by what the, the word says it's not by might it's not by power his but blood. by his spirit. spirit. So when we realize it, the love of the Father and receive fully, it makes a lot of difference. Now, when I have been following the Lord for more than 40 years, right from youth, and where I was, we did not know about speaking in tongues, but we had Revelation because we're led by the Holy Spirit that every time, because throughout my youth till now, God reveals things to me in the dream. So I see it before it happens. So a lot of times He shows me, He showed it to me before it happens. So, but speaking in tongues wasn't some of the part of the gift that I know that is something that is given to us that we should receive until when I got here. I joined the prayer team, just won't make it brief. When I joined the prayer team, one night, our mama said, uh,
1: "That's Margie Drive. Mama is Margie Drive. Margie, mama Margie number dry. two, right, right back here."
0: Yeah. So our mama said that uh, there are some people here that uh, want that that should speak in tongues. So people should come. But that day, because I've been asking, praying since I knew about the 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 gift that it is a gift that is for us, based on Joel chapter two, verse twenty eight. So I saw, so I've been asking, praying about it, but I did not get it. But I'm feel because I could anytime anything is going on, I could feel within me what is going on and in being led by the spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues. So as Maggie prayed as they prayed that day, somebody said that people that have not spoken to will speak someday. I mean, I said, okay. So the following day, it was a Tuesday, I was doing my Normal run because I like
1: running. He said nine miles in case you. <laughs> or no, he said normal, but, uh, but that was that's eight. Eight, ten, twelve. Ten, I yeah, can do something anytime. like that. Eight, okay, okay. <laughs> whatever okay. I like. To Plenty do. of time. Plenty so it depends time,
0: on it depends on my the what time I have in the morning. So I do ten, twelve. It doesn't matter to me. So, so as I was running, just the the last lap. So I was just pressing God because that's one of the things I do in the morning. I meditate on the word. I sing because when I run, I'm running, I'm just singing all through. So as I'm, I was singing, praising God, praising God. Immediately, just towards going home, I, it was as though something was touching my tongue and I was speaking in tongues and I was praising God, praising God, praising God, <laughs> praising, God praising God. And I got home and I was, as I, I was praising God, I, my wife was surprised because she was praying that I, because she received it, she was praying that I should speak in tongues. So I spoke. But after that, I keep speaking about one or two words. But last month, as I'm seeing things changing completely, that's when the full blast
2: (laughs) came. (laughs) So now
0: I can pray in tongues for a long, long, long time, (laughs) which is a real blessing. So God is good. And believe me, believe me, let no one kid you. Speaking in tongues is one of the gifts that is given to us. And because, remember this, remember this. When Christ said that we are his righteousness, we are his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wrap that back to Isaiah 54 verse 14. That we are established in righteousness. When we are established in righteousness, we are made above everything. We can never fear. No terror will come near us while we are wrapped in that righteousness, which is Christ. So, And that Holy Spirit in us will certainly cover every nook and corner so that we are completely in him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he will show us, lead us to everywhere he wants us to be. Because it's not by might, not, by, not power, by power, but by the yes. Spirit.
1: Amen. Amen. It's good right there. <laughs> That's good enough. Now, the only reason I I didn't necessarily mean to focus on that particular gift, but I like that I did because I'm going to peel off on it just for a second. Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit of the Lord prays for you the will of God. Do you need something to happen in your life and you don't know what to pray? The Spirit of the Lord prays the will of God for you. And he says, if you ask on... If you ask me here, I'll, I'll, I'll make it. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll, I'll connect heaven and earth. What you ask on earth, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's so much that ties with that. Now, as we continue, I'm going to go over several passages of Scripture. If you've got your Bible, you're going to really need them. I want, you to, I want you to write some stuff down. Take a pen out. I want you to write in your Bibles... As we go, I talked a little bit about the parable of the sower on Sunday, Matthew chapter 13, and if you continue reading in Matthew chapter 13, he, he uses several other parables about seed, and there is a tremendous reference to agricultural stuff in Scripture. And there's a lot of theologians who would say it because it was an agricultural culture, and so they understood agriculture, so that's the way they talk. But, and I buy a little bit of that, but not much. And the reason I don't buy much is, is because, you know, I don't care who you are, you pretty well know that when you use a tomato seed and you plant that tomato seed in good soil, that that seed is going to produce a tomato plant. You don't need to live in an agriculture culture culture an agriculture culture or society to understand that if you have an apple seed it will not produce a pear tree or if you have a pear seed it won't produce an orange tree we we pretty much have clarity on the fact that whatever seed we plant we're going to get that fruit and so there is tremendous reference To seed, and the result of planting all kinds of seed result in bearing the fruit of all kinds of different things. And the type of seed that you plant is the type of seed that you will reap. The fruit in which you I mean, the type of fruit that you'll reap. That's really clear to us. It's all over Scripture. Jesus even says. I think it's Mark chapter 12 or chapter 14, whichever one I think is 12. He says this, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it can't produce any fruit. But if it dies, then it produces a bunch of fruit. It produces a tree, then the tree produces a fruit. And so it is in reference to being dead, dead, dead. Unless you're dead, 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 you can't produce fruit. Unless you fall to the ground and die, you cannot produce kingdom stuff. You have to die to the old man and come alive to the things of God. It is a must, must, must. Your heart has to be the type of soil that can produce fruit. Otherwise, you don't. Because there's three of those soils that that seed fell on, that are in the church, that produce nothing, and only one that actually produced anything. And so I just wanted to take a minute and go over a lot of scriptures that talk about sowing good seed and how important it is for you to sow good seed. Because if you can understand how God uses seed, you can understand how God's going to grow you up in your life. God, how many sense that God's doing something in the heavenlies around here? You you sense that? I mean, it's like, I mean, holy cow. I mean, if we'll just get right, if your preacher will just get right. Worship leader said amen. I didn't get (laughs) an amen from a lot of you, but. You know, if we'll, just, if we'll just come to God with a pure heart, with a heart towards Him, man, I just can't imagine. If, we'll, if we will break out, if we will quit limiting God, if we'll quit stiff-arming God, if we'll quit, if we'll quit compartmentalizing and just say, as Abba just said, every compartment, God, is yours. I want to I wanna be like you. If the eyes of the Lord fall on this place, they fall on you, and they find a heart that is fully devoted to Him, He says that he will show himself strong. He'll do it. He's looking for it. He wants revival. He wants to pour out. He wants heaven open. He doesn't want eyes to be blind. He wants us to see. He wants to give you revelation. He wants you to have dreams. He wants to give you vision. He wants to bring you prosperity. Say that with me. He wants, he wants to bring me prosperity. Say that again. He wants to bring me prosperity. That's hard for us Baptists to say, isn't it? He wants to bring me prosperity. He does. his part of salvation. It comes with being saved. He says over and over and over and over, If you will seek me with all your heart, you will prosper here. You will prosper there. You'll just keep prospering. There'll be no place that you won't prosper. And why we can't, you know, why I had such an aversion for that for so long was the spirit of religion had a grip on me. That's what it was. It's just all it is. And you're going to see it as we read, starting with 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. If you've got your Bibles, open them so you can circle things and underline things and, and, really get a, and really get a grip on this. Now listen, when you're thinking about the seed, you have to be thinking about the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom of God is the seed Your heart is always the soil. Your heart is the soil, the word of the kingdom of heaven, and everything that comes with it is the seed. Paul writes, but this I say to you, church at Eastside of Charlotte, 2017, Wednesday night, March the 8th, right? Good. He says, He who sows the word of the kingdom sparingly will also reap sparingly. But he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, you've got lots of seed. Throw it out. You've got all kinds of seed. You've got the old man seed. This dead, 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 I'm not sure it can, you know, should be able to produce anything, but you do have the ability to sow that kind of seed. You've got worldly seed. You've got stress seed. You've got angst seed. You've got financial... Righteousness seed and financial lawlessness seed. You've got all kinds of seed. You've got kingdom financial seed. You've got, you see what I'm saying? There's two ways of doing things. There's probably more than two ways, but there's a kingdom way of doing all this. I was just talking to a couple tonight, and this is what I said. God established the economic system. We didn't make it up. All the physics, all the mathematics, all that stuff is already there. We just discovered it and start using it. And we can use it as the world uses it, or we can use it as the kingdom is designed for it to be used. And you can sow either one of those seeds. And how much of that seed you sow is how much you're going to reap. In other words, you sow a lot of worldly seed seed You throw a lot of negative thoughts and you're going to reap a lot of negative thoughts. You you throw a lot of gossipy seed and you're going to reap a lot of people talking about you. Whatever seed you throw out is what you're going to reap and if you Throw it out sparingly, you you will reap it sparingly. And what he's trying to encourage you to do is throw lots of kingdom seed. If you'll throw lots of kingdom seed, you're going to reap lots of kingdom stuff. That sounds fun, doesn't it? I want it. I know this person wouldn't mind me sharing. They went through breaking free not long ago, so you know it was a woman of the church. But that's all you know. <laughs> anyway, she said this. She could think. She made a list of all kinds of things that were causing her problems, and then she had another list that said I, I could write all kinds of things of why. These things were in my life and why they were causing me problems. But I could not place a kingdom principle to replace that negative thing. These two columns were full, but I didn't have any kingdom seed. If you don't know what kingdom is, you can't plant the seed. Even if you do understand how you're missing kingdom seed, if you don't have the kingdom seed, you can't even throw it down. You've got to be able to throw the seed down, right? And if you, if you throw it down sparingly, you'll reap it sparingly. If you throw it down bountifully, you'll also reap bountifully. So he says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a you'll forgive her. He's talking about giving here as well, which is an aspect of the kingdom which we'll talk about in weeks to come. And God is able to make, listen to this, this is why I kept reading and I didn't want to stop, look at what it says. It says you'll give, you know, da, 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 You know, as you decide in your heart, because he loves that you'll forgive her. In other words, he didn't want you giving begrudgingly. He wants you to understand the kingdom principle and give out of that, even though you don't give out of obedience because the word of God shouldn't be a burden to you. If you really love God, the Word of God isn't going to be a burden. And the Word of God says, tithe, minimum, bring an offering. Point he says, don't do it if you're going to be, have a grudge. He wants a cheerful giver. And a cheerful giver can only be cheerful because he believes that he can do more with what God with God on his side than he can if he does it on his own. And he's going to, I'm, you're going to hear that in just a minute. But God is able to make all grace abound. Say that with me. All grace abound toward who? Toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Let me, let me read that again. That just, I mean, come on. And God is able to make all grace. He is able to make his Holy Spirit that can do more than you can do on your own. He can make the fullness of the power of the resurrected Christ abound on you. Towards you, that you always having everything, all sufficiency in how many things? Some things. Some things. Twenty percent of things, eighty percent of things, ninety percent of things. No, in that they, that you may have what abundance for every good work. You can have abundance. There's a principle that says, as you give, it's going to be poured out. Now, one of the things that Michael was talking about just a minute ago, if you didn't catch it in his testimony, he had this place in his life he wasn't being obedient. And because of his disobedience, heaven wasn't open up to his fullness. Was heaven open? Yes. Was it open to its fullness? No. When he began to do what the Lord asked him to do, it's like, it's like the gate was, it's like the sleuth gate, you know, you got this handle and you got full extension, opens it all the way, but he had it about right here. And when he said yes to God, it was like he took that sluice gate and just opened it up a little bit more, and heaven just went, and began to pour out more. And, And that's what God is saying with this principle: if you, if you, how you set the precedent, you do it. You operate the sluice gate handle. You open up heaven on your life based on kingdom seed sown. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. That's just number one. i got plenty of time. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 10. I'm going to let you turn to your Bible. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. And if I had that 2 Corinthians deal, I would be circling, make all grace abound toward Me, I would write me in that, that I always would have sufficiency in everything, underlined ten times, and that I would have abundance circled and marked. Abundance. How many want abundance of kingdom? I mean, do you think, how many think I've got everything God's got for me? How many think you've done so well so far that there ain't no more God left for you? I've been following the Lord 40 years, and I got an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on my life and began to speak in tongues like never before from a, from a, a brother from Africa that grew up in such a different culture and is prospering in the United States of America incredibly because of his total commitment and unashamed attitude the Lord, wherever he goes, and God pours out on him. He's not scared of the university and what they could do to him. They know what they got, don't they? Abba? They know exactly what they got. Do not be deceived, Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. Say that with me. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Why did he start that, like that? He said, listen, there is a principle that is irreversible. It's irreversible. Don't mess with me on this. This is what God's saying to you and me. Don't mess with me on this. I'm not mocked. I'm not going to waver. You can't talk me out of this, and that principle is not negotiable. What a man sows that he will also reap. You cannot sow a particular type of seed and reap another kind of seed. There's no possible way. And God says, listen, don't expect to be sowing one kind of seed and expect to receive something different. You know, one of the places I see that the most, especially in the church world, is I hear this occasionally. I don't hear it much here, but I hear it every now and again. And that is, in you know, those this place has got a bunch of cliques. You hear that? Have I heard that in church before? Now, I can't connect with anybody, you know, just, I just don't connect or something like that. And I always ask the question, what seed are you sowing? What seed are you sowing? Are you you stiff-arming people? Are you you arrogant? Are you shy? Are are, are all all these things true about you? Or are you trying to befriend people? Are you loving people? Are you honoring people? Are you encouraging people? If you you are sowing those seeds, what you're going to find is that's exactly what you will reap. It's what you'll reap what you sow is what you'd reap you can't change that that's what God says don't 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 mock me on this for he who sows to the flesh the the unrenewed man he who sows to the corrupt man will of the flesh reap corruption of the of the corrupt man he'll reap corruption but he who sows the spirit will uh will of the spirit reap everlasting life. That's basically saying if you if you sow to the dead man, you're gonna reap what the dead man is going to reap. Can a believer do that? I think so. I think that's why you find so many believers still in bondage, still in captivity, not free, it's because they're still throwing, they're still believing, they're still thinking, they're still, they're still processing information, there's still, they're still unforgiveness, there's still bitterness, there's still offense, there's still all this stuff from the old man still guiding them down a road that leads to the same fruit that it led to before they got saved, when they're not held captive to that. If they will begin to sow seed to the spirit. And that's the whole idea of the dead man being dead. And the spirit being alive. You've got to begin to sow seed to the spirit. And so you have to change the way you think. You have to identify that that's not who you are in Christ. You have to know what the kingdom of heaven says about you. So you can proclaim that over yourself. Those are all important issues. So that you can be changed. And so if you're going to. You're going to reap what the flesh would normally reap unless you sow to the Spirit. And if you do, you're going to reap what the Spirit has to to reap. Isn't that great? He came to set the captives free. You're free. Live free. Say that with me. I'm free. I'm going to live free. Isn't that good? That's good. That was the second one. Number three. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. Turn with me in your Bibles. Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. Proverbs is kind of like in the middle, sort of, kind of. Right after the Psalms. Proverbs 24, 20, 11, excuse me, 11, 24, and 25. left my Bible at home, this is my first Bible, just to give you an idea, this is my honey, I love this Bible, you get it out and you just go, oh. hey darling, how are you, it's been such a long time. I had to pull it out. <laughs> Proverbs 11, 24. There is one who scatters yet increases more. Listen, listen to this. This is so cool. There's one who scatters yet increases more. There is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads into pro- poverty. Some of you are saying, why am I in poverty spiritually? Well, I think it might be because you're withholding from God. It's a good possibility. So you're withholding to, from God what he, he wants, which is all of you. The generous soul will be made, say it with me, made rich. rich and he who waters will also be watered himself. This is a principle that's all through Scripture. Now, this is a good one, Deuteronomy chapter 28. I've been, I've been, you know, just can't wait to get to this one. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. Deuteronomy is one of the most incredible books in the Bible. It talks more about Jesus than any other Old Testament book almost. I mean, it has to be a close first a close for sure. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. Say that with me. If I diligently obey the voice of the Lord my God, and I I am careful to do all his commandments, which he has commanded me, that the Lord my God will set me high above all the nations of the earth. And he's talking about his people. Now, let's just read this. I'm going to read it all the way through. I'm going to do everything in my power to read it all the way through. So y'all might pray for grace because I might need more than my power to get that done. All these blessings shall come upon you. All these blessings shall what? Come upon you. They shall overtake you. Does that sound like you have to grab them? that you have to steal them, that you have to snatch them, that you have to sneak in the room and get them? It doesn't sound like that, does it? It sounds like if you'll just do what God asks you to do, that they're going to overtake you. It's like you're trying to run away, and you're running as fast as you can, and the Lord just swamps you. It's like a big tidal wave you're running from, and the Spirit of God goes whoosh. Isn't that what it sounds like? That's what it sounds like. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, he's going to overtake you. His blessings are going to overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. What did you do? Exactly what he asked you to. That's all. Blessed shall you be in the city. And blessed shall you be in the country. How many people love the city? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Don't be ashamed if you love the city. Well, I think you're weird, but God says he'll bless you anyway. (laughs) How many love the country? How many are normal in the room? Thank you very much. No, he says he'll bless us nuts too. He'll he'll bless all of us. It doesn't matter whether you live in the country, whether you live in the city. He says, I'm going to bless you because you obey me. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. The produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. What he's saying, I'm going to bless everything you touch. I'm going to bless your business. I'm going to bless your employer. Everything about what you do is going to be blessed because of you. Only when you obey, only when you're sowing seed of the kingdom. Amen. Blessed shall your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you and be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. That means in your retirement programs, in your investments. And in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy nation, kings and priests before your God. Just as he has sworn to you, if you'll keep the commandments of the Lord and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, and in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of the ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, that he would give to you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. This is Old Testament. The heavens, which is the treasure of God. He'll give you rain to your land in its season, and, and He'll bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not. You won't have to borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed, if, circle if, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left after other gods of this world. Gods are things that we set above God. If if we are doing something let, let me let me express how God looks at it. If there's something in your life that is replacing what God wants to do in your life, then that is an idol. That is a god, a small god. That can be coffee. That can be Addictive items that are supposed to bring you peace. I just, I said coffee. I did say coffee. Turn to the person that they say that can be coffee. And everybody's saying rebuke the pastor, rebuke the pastor. <laughs> but it can be. Do you think God wants you to be energized by his spirit or by a cup of coffee? Now did he give coffee for you to be energized? That's a great question. Probably not in an addictive form, I would suggest. But the point of the matter is, we can make our children. We can make our wives. We can make our career. We can make our homes. We can make our habits. We can make a lot of things. We can can make the world's system of thinking. We can make a Republican Party or a Democratic Party. We can make Rush Limbaugh or whoever he is. He's still alive. Okay, I just wondered. I hadn't, I hadn't heard him in about 15 years. So I didn't know if he was alive or not. <coughs> anyway, you, you know what I'm saying? We can make things. It, it's a way of thinking. Are we thinking the way God wants? God says, if you will obey my word, if you will be so in seed of the kingdom, then this stuff is going to overtake you. In other words, you don't have to strive for this stuff. Do y'all hear me? Please hear me. You do not have to strive. Cease striving and know that he's God. He wants to overtake you with his blessing. His blessing wants to overtake you, sweep over you, run after you. That's exactly right. He's just looking for somebody that says, yes, God, whatever you say, Lord, doesn't matter. I'm going to die. This seed is going in the ground, and it's going to die. And the fruit of the kingdom is going to just be blown up. It's just going to come out of me. John chapter 12, verse 24 and 25, speaking thereof, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Amen. The old man is, and I am alive to the Spirit. And my favorite, one of my favorites, Passages of Scripture, 2 Kings chapter 4. Turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Kings chapter 4. These are some, some wild stories. You know, when I, when I read a passage of Scripture like this, you've got to ask yourself, why in the world did God put this passage of Scripture in the Bible? Why did He put it in You know, what's it for? This particular passage of Scripture just looks like it was just, I mean, there's this conversation going on, and this rude person walks in and tells this quick little story and leaves, and then this other person keeps talking. I mean, that's kind of how it is. It's kind of like, and it doesn't make any sense based on anything that's going on or what's going to come on afterwards. There is just a series of drop-ins that's going on right here in 2 Kings, and this is chapter 4. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah. And this woman is believed to be Obadiah, the prophet Obadiah's wife, who is a widow. And she cries out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. Now, I think there was a hierarchy of prophets, and I think Obadiah served and was trained underneath Elijah. And so that's why you've got this verbiage. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Now, I want you to see if you want to go read some good stories You can start right here in 2 Kings chapter 4 and you're going to read some incredible miracles that happen back to back to back to back and this is one that is written so that we would understand how God wants to grow you in the kingdom, how he wants to open up heaven, how you hold the door to the sluice gate and you can pull it back and open it up as far as you'd like and allow the kingdom of heaven to be poured on you, to overtake you based on your willingness to submit your whole life to the ways of God. If you want your dating life to be kingdom, so kingdom dating seed. And I would suggest you talk to Michael and Bethany about how to date. So there's, there's a line, there's a sign-up sheet in the back. <laughs> secondly, secondly, if you want your finances to look Good and to be clear and stress free without anxiety. You might want to line up with kingdom thinking on how to handle your money. We've got a class on that that's going on right now. It's called financial peace. There's not near enough of you in it. If you want your marriage to be a place of peace, your home to be an atmosphere of rest and Rejuvenation and refueling and a place of worship. You might want to be married, like the Bible says, be married. You might want to act like you, if you're a man, that you're married to the daughter of the Most High God and you might want to talk to her as if it was a precious entity to the Father. (laughs) If if you're a woman, you've got a husband, you might want to understand that the Lord has blessed you with this man so that he can lead and guide you into the kingdom. And how you respond to him has a direct proportion on how heaven is opened up. And men, the Bible says when you pray and your prayers aren't heard, it's because you're treating your wife wrong. If you're angry at your wife without forgiveness, he says, don't expect your prayers to be answered. There's a way to do marriage. And if you want kingdom, you better be sowing kingdom seed in your marriage. If you're still showing and doing marriage like you saw your parents do marriage that was dysfunctional, you're most likely going to reap a dysfunctional marriage. Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it just penetrates everything, and I'm two minutes and 28 seconds over. And y'all are surprised. Okay, where am I? Ah, the the creditors are coming. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? By the way, this is what I want to point out. That's where I started down this rabbit trail. This is what I wanted to point out. Elijah says it over and over again. What can I do for you? Now, this is a man of God. This is not Jesus. This is not Jesus. This is a servant of God. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? How can I pray for you? He believed. He knew who he was in Christ. He believed that he could bring something. He had seen the hand of God. He had seen kingdom. He had sowed a lot of kingdom seed. Matter of fact, this is what he said. Oh, Elijah. J-A-H, Elijah. Boy, what an anointing he has. God, I'm not going to leave this place until you give me a double anointing. In other words, when I throw the same seed that Elijah threw, that I get twice as much fruit. That's what he's saying. He's a man. What can I do for you? He says it over and over. It's an example. Why was this written? So you and I could read it and see how a believer is supposed to act. That's why this is written. And this this is how the kingdom works. So Elijah said to her, what do I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, I ain't got nothing. Except this jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everyone, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Get a whole bunch. That's the southern Israel. Get a bunch of them things. Mason jars, 16-ounce, lay it on them. They'll store real good. Bring them. Get a bunch of them. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then you shall pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels into her, and she poured it out. Now, she's got one vessel of oil, and she begins to pour out. Now it came to pass when that vessel was full. She said to someone, bring me another vessel. And he brought her another vessel. And she kept pouring oil until the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. She said, I'm done with vessels. I haven't got any more vessels. And when I ran out of vessels, I ran out of oil. The man of God said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and live on, you and your sons live on the rest there was enough to pay the debt and to live on forever and it was based on how many vessels how much oil she had and how many vessels she had to contain what God wanted to pour out it was it's very instrumental on Go get a lot of vessels, many, many vessels. And she went and got them. And the oil lasted until what she had to contain what God had given her was gone. And when it was over, when it was full, that was the end of what God poured out. What she offered God, he filled up. Amen. Offer him everything. Take the limitations off. He's our provision. He's our blessing. He wants to overrun us. He wants to overtake us with blessing as we obey him. As we obey him. Say that with me. As I obey him. Whatever I bring him, say it. Whatever I bring him, he'll fill up. Come on. Man, I want us. And we're doing it. We're learning how to do it. I'm learning how to be a charismatic. We're learning how to be a hyper charismatic church. We're learning how to do it. Wouldn't you agree? We're learning how to, I, I want to offer him everything. I hope you do too. Let's pray. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. Say that to him. I thank you for your word, Lord. Let it take root in my heart. May I not limit you. May I not resist you. May I not sleep. When you want to work. May I not withhold so you, so you don't withhold. May I sow, may I sow abundantly, I sow abundantly. The, kingdom. the kingdom so I reap, so I reap abundantly. abundantly. That's good. Let it be, Let it be for, everybody for everybody around me. Touch about five people. Let it be. Let it be for them. Let it be. Touch them. Let it be. Say it real loud. Let it be. Let it be. Speak it over them. Let it be. <laughs> Father may your grace about You say Lord when we are tested And when temptation and trial comes That your grace is sufficient Pour it out on us I pray in Jesus name Amen, Amen. Amen. God bless you Have a great week We'll see you Sunday Amen If you need prayer come on up front Somebody will pray for you
0: Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.